All right. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. How you doing? Uh, welcome to the first episode of the Fergie Timers, where we discuss all things Manchester United, as well as things that are going on around the club. Uh, discuss about the Premier League and all the competitions that Man United in, including the Champions League. And with me, I have the co-owners, Jamie and Hugo. And yeah. we're going to be discussing about uh, the manager situation, how is it affecting the players, as well as, um, you know, upcoming managers that could discuss, because there's a lot of things that we need to talk about in terms of Man United and the structure that's going on right now. But yeah, um, I'm the host, Chris Palawati, and with me, I'm going to discuss, I'm going to introduce Jamie. How you doing, mate? How you doing, mate? You okay? Hey, never better, bro. Never better. Stress-free. <laughs> International break. I ain't got to worry about them stressing me out. But back to the grind again this Saturday against Watford. So it's going to be a grueler, mate. It's going to be a grueler. There's been a lot of activity going on for us an international break. Oh. Still lots of speculation. Oh. It just doesn't seem to be going away, does it? It's not going away, mate. Never going away. Never going away. And of course, the, the one and only Hugo Vieira, man. How you doing, bro? Yep, what's good, y'all? How's y'all morning going so far? Hey, like I said, we're trying, man. We're trying. <laughs> hey, I hear you. Same here, brother. Same here. All right. So I just want just before just before you start, can I just touch on the, something that, that has happened over the weekend? So yeah. there was supposed to have been some sort of protest out the club outside the club. I was oh, here. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, but apparently, apparently it was really it was really like flat, and not a lot of people turned up. Yeah, I heard. So, yeah, I don't know what everyone's making of that because I thought it might have been a bit of a big deal. Yeah. Um, but, I, and yeah, apparently it was like it was nothing like the other ones. So, yeah, I, you know, we're going to break into Old Trafford, I guess. Do we need yeah. to break into Old Trafford for it to be like a thing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's looking that way, isn't it? It's yeah, right. It looks like we got to walk in there every morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, oh, I think so. Man. Just to get attention. But you know what I think as well? Wasn't, why wasn't as big as the one in May was simply being because it was a only going to sort of out process, uh, protest rather than the whole Glazers out. So I felt like a lot of people felt that it was just too degrading to let a manager out without acknowledging the bigger problem. And that's how a lot of fans felt like, all right, let me step away from this protest, knowing that it isn't about the Glazers, it's about Oli, who should go, by the way. But I just felt like, you know, treating a legend like that, despite how poor he's doing in the job, has something that changed fans' minds, you know? I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, I agree, mate. Yeah, I, I, I said that as well. Like, I, I'm, I went to the previous protest, um, and, you know, he seems to get quite a big following both days. Uh, and then obviously further on into the Liverpool game. But a lot of people who I know were saying the same. It seemed the process sort of got like a bit mixed with the Ollie out. And um, I think that's why, really. Yeah. How about you, Hugo? Not a lot of people turned up. But it's supposed to have been really rubbish. Like, Hey, guys. Pointless, really. Sorry, I'm late. I thought this was starting at noon. I don't know why I thought that. Hey, <laughs> hey, we got, we got, uh, we got everybody. We got a guest, Nikesh. Um, yeah. uh, you know, boy. I, yeah. <laughs> I thought we were doing yeah. video and stuff. I got my, did my hair, got my little jacket on, put a little uh, Man United logo on the TV screen. Behind <laughs> hey, you, you do that. Let me see that. I like that. I like there that. We, all right, let's see. Let's get this done. All right. Here we go. All right. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 hey, hey. Uh, hey, you look dope. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Really good. 
I have to like figure out how to flip it because I'm looking right now and I'm seeing that this, it, it looks like mirror image. Right, 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 right. Uh, yeah. But for everyone, I just thought to let you know we have Nikesh here. He's going to be our guest. Obviously, uh, he just go. got in, so he's going to be uh, putting this in, get his views in there as well. Uh, we were just Ooh. talking about the protest that just happened. What you thought of it, mate? Like, what, like you felt like it was a bit waste of time, or uh, wasn't it? You know, as big. Sorry, as I, I missed that question. What was a waste of time? The protest that happened during the weekend. I mean, look, it's it's it, yeah. In my opinion, it's dumb. If uh, it's an unpopular opinion, I know, but for me, it's all about the you. It's it's not it's not fandom or whatever. This sport is a business, and the only way you're gonna affect change, you can you can chant, you can scream, you see it with every other business across the globe. Protests will get so much. They'll do some performative marketing, you know, BS in order to quiet everybody down. But what really moves the needle is money. You know, it's, it's that we are consumers. We're not fans. We're consumers. You know, they have a product. If we continue to consume in the same way that we're consuming, um, they are going to just keep doing what they're doing because they're making money off of it. Yeah. Yeah, spot on, spot on, man. And like I said, do they care? Do you think the Glazers actually care about their, especially when it's, you know, 10,000 miles across an ocean? They really could not care less. They will care when it starts affecting the valuation of the club, the income that they're making, their ability to take money out of the club, all that stuff. And as long as fans continue to buy season tickets, you know, continue to go to games, you know, buy the beers at the stadium, all that right. stuff, it does not matter. Look, I don't understand why. I mean, I get it. I've gone to games, like I've gone to lots of sporting events in my life, and it is different at the stadium. It is a whole different atmosphere and everything. Um, but if that is worth more than your club representing your interests, being kind of operated in the way you want your story, historic franchise to operate, if you're two hours of, of cheering and beer drinking and whatnot is more important to that, then you don't deserve to, to call for change because you're not willing to make that sacrifice. Other people, they view it as um, the true fans are the ones that are showing up every day. They're sacrificing their money to support the team. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as if you are giving them money, you are propping them up, you are enabling them, you are the problem. And in my mind, it's the height of hypocrisy. It's the height of, you know, yeah. uh, just absolute, you are literally, you know, giving one hand and taking with the other, you know, it, yeah. it, it's pointless in my mind. If you're going to go on a match, if you're going to, if you're at the match last Sunday or last Saturday and you're protesting this Sunday, what's the point? You are wasting your time. There is yeah. no point in your protest. There's no point in you opening your mouth to voice your dissatisfaction because if you're not willing to actually, you know, make the change and actually do something that's actually going to potentially influence them, mm -hmm. then there's really no point. And it's not like I'm saying don't watch the games, you know, yeah. because the contract, the TV contracts are already made and okay, fine, a few thousand people or 20,000 people out of the stadium you know, um, watching the game, uh, uh, you know, isn't going to change what the TV rights values are going to be. But you can still watch the game. You can support um, the team, you know, in different ways. You don't have to be at the same. And I get it. 
people will say like, oh, well, you got to support the lads and the lads are out there on the field giving it their all. It's like, okay, well, we had an entire year of no fans in the stadium. We actually performed better than we're performing right now. What is your fucking point? You know, we, yeah. you know <laughs> we're agree. going to win the longest away streak in like history. And, you know, and our home was, was, was shit. So was what 20? is your point? Yeah. <laughs> it was like 20 in a row, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's gone already, though. That's gone. So. No, exactly. But that's my point. It's like we can we do we're, we're we're playing better away than at home. So what's your point? What what does the sport have to do? Yeah. We had a better record last year behind closed doors than we do now with fans in the state. So what's your point? Right? Yeah. It's 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 they can come up with whatever logic, reasoning, verbiage they want. What it is is it it is in my mind, it's selfish. You want to watch. You want to be at the game. You want to be entertained to have that that spirit and whatnot. And you're not willing to forego that, you know? You're yeah. not willing to do that. You know, you look at it and uh, I'll put it in, you know, Englishman religious terms for our, our, our Englishman friend over here. <laughs> yeah. You know, we have, like, you have Lent, right? You yeah. sacrifice something you love to show your piety, your fealty, your, you know, how how much your faith or whatever is in the church right i'm not religious so i'm just so forgive me if i'm getting this all wrong here but the point is you show the sacrifice you make a sacrifice of something that you hold dear to your heart you do without you know in order to show your love your faith whatever why isn't the same true for sports if you honestly do feel that why can you not make that sacrifice you know, yeah. because the only people, the, the people you're really hurting, it's not the fans, the, the, sorry, it's not the players, the players will understand. If you articulate it in that way, if you articulate, we are boycotting, not because of the players, but because of the owners, because of the management, we support you. We are in the club, sorry, in the pub every day, chanting your name, singing the same songs. We are there with you in spirit, if not in person. The players will yeah. understand that in my opinion. Yeah, and the and the question, like I said, you're you're spot on about everything, man. And we could talk about this all day. It's an all thing situation with what's going on with the owners and what most people are very upset about is, you know, okay, they spent money over the years, especially after Sir Alex Ferguson retired, but we're still upset about the structure that's still going on. And then speaking of what's going on within the topic as well, right? Well, with all the money that they spent, why are we still so low with the players that we bought in? Look at the thing that the transfer window we had. Look at the performance that we had to witness as fans where we lost 5-0 at Liverpool, 5-0, uh, 2-0 at home to Man City uh, not too long ago. And, for example, the manager's still in the job. And, like, what reports are going in right now is we're going to give him the Watford game, and we can only deal with what's going on right now, what we see in the pitch, because our ownership thing is going to take a long time for us fans to try to get that out the way. But with, you know, Jamie, for example, what you made of this whole situation of after the Man City game, how he's still in the job and how he's still giving this run of games. What's your opinion on that, mate? Uh, it's quite shocking, to be honest. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd have sat to him at half time. Mm-hmm. I thought the performance was that bad. You know, like, I'd have oh. probably sat to him at Liverpool a week before. Um, I, can't, I can't explain why he's still in the job. Um, I just think, I can only assume that he's good friends with the owners. That's, Yes, I just ma'am. don't get it. And, and, you know, there's a lot of people on social media suggesting that um, because we're still in a fair position in the league and we're still 
in the Champions League. Yeah. Um, that that can be the only answer, really. I think. I mean, personally, for me, the, the performances are absolutely shocking, and I think they've been quite shocking for a while. We are on um, a downward slope. We are a team on the down, as opposed yeah. to a team on the up. You look at Arsenal. I don't like yeah. to compare to other clubs, but if you look at Arsenal, they started off and their manager was tipped for relegated for, for sacking. And now they're above us. And they yeah. look in a better position. They look like a team on the up. And we look like a team on the down. I just think... Um, what yeah. you just did there, though, you just kind of illustrated what I think the board is hoping for. The board yeah. is hoping for an Arteta-like resurgence. You know? Yeah. Board, because... Like I said, the, what what it is in my mind is you have a couple of different people. You have the the people who I'm not, I, I and I don't want to stratify this and and, and become, come off as elitist, but you have people who kind of have been watching the soccer and have been pleased with the results but not happy with the performances and, and understanding that yeah. the way we are we were playing and whatnot was not we, we we didn't come second last year because we were a great team. We didn't go to the finals of the Europa League because we were a great team. We did that on the backs of, you know, you know, just just not good tactics, not good play, not fluid gameplay, just, you know, Individual pop brilliance. the ball over the midfield and have Rashford sprint and, and get one-on-one with the goal. Or, I agree. Or, you know, have, you know, Shaw take on it and pop a crossover, you know, after basically going three-quarters of the field himself and then, you know, somebody manages to – you know, get ahead on the ball or something like that, right? Like Cavani got ahead on the ball. Individual brilliance, um, man. Yeah. Like Liverpool and Man City played versus how we played. It's it, it was just astonishing that we were getting the results and and going as far as we did with the way we were playing. But our team, so so they they play like a team, like an eleven. We play yeah. like it, it, let, let's hope that Fernandez can do something today. Let's hope that Rashford can do something today. Like, yeah, you know, we don't. We, there's absolutely no cohesion between the players. But see, that's it, and that's the point, right? Because now, if you go and you don't look at it with that kind of tactical management mindset, and you just look at it from, you look at the highlight reels, you look at the stats, you look at the overall record, you go, man. This team was incredible last year. This team was one of the best teams in the league, if not Europe, last year. This was a great team. Yeah. Now, what's happening this year? Oh, they're hitting a little bump. They've had, you know, six bad weeks. Well, six bad weeks against two years of good form, you know, and I'm using form in quotes right now because I'm saying your understanding of form is based only on stats, you know, and highlights. You know, you can see them saying, oh, okay, well, this is a six-week blip in an otherwise good management run. And the people, you know, who have been watching have been, again, like I said, pleased with the stats, but understanding of the fact that those stats weren't because of Ole, you know? Those stats were because of players and almost in spite of Ole, right? In spite of of constantly picking Fred and McTominay and, and, and... you know, having a, a you know a, a midfield with the fluidity of my backed up toilet. You know, yeah. uh, in spite of you know uh, of picking you know you know Maguire and Lindelof. You know, who have the defensive fortitude. You know of you know you know yeah. like I, I I don't even know. I'm I'm out of all these <laughs> metaphors because I've used a billion different metaphors over the past two years to describe the same problems. 
And it's only now. And what's really just mind-boggling, though, is that we've added strength and we've become weaker. And I don't know why. I, I, I know one reason, you know, obviously we add Varan and it really illustrates kind of how weak we were previously in defense and how reliant we were on offense to cover the holes in defense because, you know, we get, we go clean sheets with Varan and the second he drops out, holy shit, we're getting hit for four and five and whatnot in games. You know, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. So it, it's, it's papering over the cracks. And as I said, it's, it, it comes from people who have not really been looking and really had a, you know, a football soccer mindset to watch and see over the course of a couple of years, we haven't changed the style of football we've played. We've just been now people have, have found us out. You know, they've just found us out. They figured out how to play us, you know, and, and they figured out, okay, how, how to play us and yet how to keep their defenses working so that they don't get hit on the counter. Well, yeah. I, I, I personally don't feel like we have, we have, we have a style of play because yeah, we, we don't, we don't play counteractive football. Because we don't yeah. move the ball fast enough from back to front, so we don't play counter at it. Counter, you know, play on the counter, and then we can play defensive football and sit back. But we don't do that either because we don't. We've got centre forward. We've got Sancho and um, Ronaldo. Uh, you know, we're quite quick players. We don't play it out wide. Even though, yeah. like Liverpool, even though we play so many old in midfield players, yeah. we don't cross the. We've got Cavani as a target man, but we don't play with a target man because we don't cross the ball from wide areas. Yeah, don't. When, it just feels like the players go on the pitch and it, they're just expected to pick the pieces up. Yeah. But you, uh, know, you, uh, you know, my bad. And like, let's get Hugo in there, bro. Hugo, what do you think the style of play is, and like, why do you think we aren't, you know, getting the results that we have despite the players that we bought, you know? All right, y'all ready for this shit? All right, I'll be hundred percent honest with you. All right, I'll try to be as as nice as possible to these guys. Um, basically, the way I feel is, like Jamie was saying, we don't have a style of play. We had yeah. one. We had one. Yeah. Um. Hence, hence the name of this podcast. We we had one. We had an identity at one point. I'm saying the fact of seeing those shadows come out the tunnel, fifteen years ago. It's fucking crazy. Like, I mean, you can see the other team like, holy shit, it's United. Like, fuck. Like, you know, they, they came that's in right. and they knew that we was about that shit. And, and we had a, a, that strength and that fear within us. But at the same time, like Fergie, he, they played to the last fucking minute. I mean, the last drop of sweat, you know, until that referee took that inhale breath to blow that whistle. And there wasn't there was individual brilliance, but it worked with the team and the concept of what we were doing. Mm. You know, it's getting to the point where they think that just getting good players is going to give you a good team. That, that there you go. That's it. That's what it is. That's it. That's what it is. That's not what it is. I'll be honest with you. Getting good players that can work together is is crazy. I'm saying. Did we not get our ass whooped in that final? Yeah, we did. We, we got we our ass whooped play. in that yeah. final. Yeah, we played with fear that game. A lot of fear. So, so I'm saying, look at the other team. You know, name three people right now off that team. Exactly. My point. Yeah, we don't know. My point, 
You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I like them. I probably know like one. But the point that I'm making is, you know, they played together. We pass the ball and wait for you to do something. That's right, that, yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't work. That doesn't work for me. All right? Because when I pass you the ball, you need to be on the next pass already by the time you get the ball. That's exactly and right, yeah. so on and so forth. Like, like the reason Cavani works, and I, this annoys me a little bit, the reason that fucking Cavani works is because he makes the run. Yeah, that's literally that all the time. Yeah, that's right, literally yeah. the only reason it looks like Cavani. And it's like, no, he just went forward. He said, exactly. fuck the offside. We're going to figure it out when we get there. You know what I mean? And half the time, he's not offside because he's still fast with his old ass. All right. <laughs> so that being said, that's why it looks like Cavani is just running through that defense in those certain plays because he's just doing the simple thing. Go for the run. All right. My fat ass used to play in high school. And, and when I played in high school, I had this. His name is Manuel. I'm not going to say his last name, but I know his last name, his whole name, his mama name, everything. This was my boy. All right. This guy was about maybe five one, run like a fucking cheetah. All I would do is get the ball in the midfield, do one step over, and just boot it upfield. Don't even – all I told him was don't even look at me. Once you see me do that sidestep, just run forward. And I See that what you're talking about there. And, and, and he just literally just meet up to a, to a ball that I'm not going to lie to you, sometimes it was perfect, sometimes it was off the whim, and it would slide over. He'd be able to adjust and get to it. Man, I'm telling you, four out of ten plays was a goal. All right, you see that what you're talking about. That what you're talking about. That, yeah, exactly what you're saying there. What you did with that in school. Now, if I could say that we had a style, that is the style that I see us playing. How many times have you seen Lindelof knock the ball over the top yeah, to Russia? And nobody. It's, it's high school. Was, you know what I mean? It's it's like, like schoolyard football. Like, like, fucking hell, mate! Honestly, like, it drives me mad. The thing is, I used to do that shit in a, like a tennis court. So yeah. in, in, my, in my high school, when I went to high school, we had a double tennis court uh, that was caged up. So all we did was literally put two blocks and book bags on either end, and there was your goals, all right? No goalkeeper, no, no goaltending, all right? And then I would even then still try to shoot it over people. <sighs> and I'm in a tennis court. I'm trying to shoot it over people. I'm saying they have a whole field. And, and yeah. it's not even just that, it's like the worst and what annoys me. And I watched this with my father and it, it just annoys me when he says it, because I remember hearing him yell at this while I was playing. Where's everybody at? Yeah, there's my no dad, movement. My, That's my right. dad expects uh, to see three players at all time when the camera moves. He explains right. it that way. He's like, I need to yeah. see three of my team's players moving around on screen at all times. Not one waiting for three more to show up. Well, you, you see that I mean? City, don't you? City moving waves. City it, moving it, waves. Like, it, it, that's how it's supposed you know to go. I mean, yeah. And I'm saying, that, that, look, and I think you guys, look, I'm going to jump in here because you guys ahead, are almost like, it's like two different things, right? Yeah. You're talking about a guy running down the line and, and whipping a ball into the box. 
you do that when you don't move in waves, when you don't have that ability, when you don't have four and five guys move, or three, four mm-hmm. guys moving up the field and creating that triangle to move the balls around the players that are behind yeah. you, right? So when you only have the one guy up there and then a one guy coming up the side, uh-huh. that's when you whip the ball over, you know? And I mean, yeah. I, I go back to your point about like just, you know, picking up players and stuff. You, you, you can't go it's a it's a it's a chicken and egg problem right because you have a, <laughs> yeah. like just a, you have a cornucopia a smorgasbord of just incredible talent but they were not assembled you know um with any sort of playing style in mind. even and even if we did have a playing style or a style of play i am not confident especially with the way woodward and the board run things um because they don't they don't i think take into account or have those conversations with the management enough in terms of uh, player selection I, I that's just a personal feeling I can't guarantee that but I feel that they don't do that I feel like they just go out and they they, they look at kind of what the scouting reports say and say this guy's super talented let's get him you know without saying see how the coaches feel but you can't a create a style of play when you just have a bunch of random people put together like yeah Sancho we've seen just does not fit into our team because at all like I didn't think that was gonna be that bad well, because well, because Sancho look because Sancho plays an incredibly he fits in perfectly at Borussia because of the style of play that they play, right? But if you look, it's either our players are not capable of playing that style or they are not being coached to play that style. Uh, so I don't. What so style is it? This is what I'm saying. We have players that can't play a style, but we also have we can't go out and get players because we don't have a style. So one of those has to give at a certain point. I do not have faith in the management to, to, to be able to come up with a style by themselves and pick yeah, up or, yeah. or, or pick players that they say, okay, well, we know that all of these players play within a style at differing teams and they play well in that style. So let's go cherry pick them all and put yeah, them in a, just, and just, find a manager if you think about it, it People like to make out like football is a really, really hard game. You know, like it's not. you can put it's so not really many hard at all, bro. spins, you know, spins and tactics and all that. And it, but just think about the players that we've got. You've got Cavana, he's your target man. So we play. We've got Sancho and Rashford or Ronaldo. They can all they can all cross the ball. So we've got wingers <laughs> and a target man. So what do we play? We play with a target man. It's obvious. Like, no, I'm with you. Stop. It's yeah. right there. It's, yeah. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. You can always adapt to the players you have. And Ole is not doing it. Ole, like I said, look, again, I'm going to go back to Fred and McTominay. Fred and McTominay, um, I mean, it, it just doesn't make sense. Like, if you're talking about that, you're talking about two players who don't have that ability to quickly, you know, find that incisive pass and move it maybe either up through the field or even to the sides to then hit that target. So why are you playing him that way, right? You yeah. know, if you have somebody like a Van de Beek who can, you know, help that you know, he can. I mean, I, I, I know that I get a lot of flack for saying this. I mean, I don't see why we don't try him out at least in the CDM yeah. role, right? Agreed, like, man. try Agreed. him out. He says he started playing that way. He trained that for that role under Ajax, and he's been training in that role in our training. So you're telling me that literally a Ballon d'Or candidate, you know, who had previous experience in that role, you know, and has been training for that role for six to 12 months minimum. You, I mean, like, maybe he's not going to be a fucking Conte or something, 
but he's gonna be an upgrade over Fred. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't really like Fred as a player. I just don't think he's that good. Like, but what I will say is another thing that comes down to. I know something that Chris wanted to touch on earlier. Yeah. Um, the management team, and they're probably not just Solskjaer, but a lot of them seem to want to shoe on players in positions like and what I find absolutely mind-blowing. So we, everyone slags off McFred as a pairing, and I'm I'm at the forefront of that, do you know what I mean? I'm fucking all that. But ne- neither of those players are actually defensive-minded players. So, you know, you could argue that McTominay is probably the most defensive out of him because he has played at centre-back for his country. But essentially, when McTominay came through the ranks at United, McTominay was a box-to-box midfielder, maybe even slightly attacking. Now, Fred come from, I think, a Russian team, and Fred uh, was an attacking midfield player. Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what I mean? He was playing before, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, he's an attacking midfielder when he plays for his country. Yeah. He plays attacking midfield. He doesn't play as a but, holding midfield player. Which, so, so the guy with defensive... Minded exactly. or yeah. is playing the more offensive role, so it's uh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. He does it but every to time. Be fair, even when McTominay plays the defensive role, he sucks at it. He oh, he's bad, mate. It's really bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, just, thing- I'm just gonna blow your mind there with Chris's little beauty, though. Just to reiterate that point, there's yeah. now saw that Jaden Sancho, who is yes. one of the most um, exciting players in European football, will now be playing at wing back to try and get yeah. inside. I the, want to talk about that. And we need a discussion. I knew you did, yeah. Yeah, he's mind-blowing, mate. He's absolutely insane. You have such a fantastic array of talent and then try and make him a defensive player. Essentially, in my mind, he's trying to turn Jaden Sancho into Daniel James. Well, the, the How only, would you do that? Well, the only reason you do that as well is if you're going to continue to play a five at the back. Exactly, yeah. Which is yeah. That ain't working. Insane. <laughs> like, that ain't working. One thing, one thing yeah. I want to discuss, guys, I want to discuss this as well. Like, and prior to when me and Jamie had a conversation, are the players really down-tuning for this manager? Because you see all these leaks that come out saying that they're losing confidence in the management team. Obviously, Mike Feeling is there as an assistant manager. Kieran McKenna and then Michael Carrico are the coaching staff. Are the coaching staff implementing the manager's intent to be able to implement a style of play for these players because what we see in the pitch we don't see them doing a lot of what the manager wants us to do because at this day we don't we don't know what he wants as Nikesh touched on in the group chat before all I see all he's doing is the iPad right I don't know what he's looking at and then not, not knowing what's going on so we see what happens to the players and I look at Jaden Santo this dude he's not even getting picked for England now you know, yeah, that's right, yeah. what's going on? You got you got you got to lower this. This conversation now has to go down about eight rungs because yeah. it's not even about management or high minded tactics to a certain point. When we're talking about this coach staff, this yeah. is a coaching staff that I literally could replace with any any collegiate coaching staff and they will do a better job. And, and not because of tactics or anything like that, they would because understand. they seem to have an absolute inability to just look at game footage identify glaring goddamn errors and then fix them on the training pitch over the next week. I mean, I can't tell you how many times over the past three years, we've seen the same issues with freaking Maguire and Lindelof at the back and them getting pulled you know, both of them getting pulled to one side of the pitch, the other side winger ends up having to come to the center to, you know, to, to, to cover for them. 
you know, then the team moves it back out wide. It gets moved around that side where there's not one person defending and then boom, they score. Or let's talk about our zonal marking on, on corner kicks and set pieces. I mean, it's the exact same. We hired somebody specifically for that and we're still making the same dumb as it. We're still playing the exact same. So I don't know why we hired a coach to what, to basically run the same play 20 times in practice and, and, and do it the same way. You know, as old as Ole and, and, and the guys were doing before, did they just yeah. training They wanted to create one more job in this failing economy. What was the point of that hire? I yeah, I agree. Spot on, man. We always question the coaching staff at the end. Hugo, what do you think of it as well? Like, are these players getting enough of these trainings? Are they downing tools? Or, or have or you have you have you have you ever watched your little Manchester United.com training videos? Like, we listen, see as yeah. much bullshit as they feed me. On a daily basis, I still read it. All right, God damn it. Yeah. All right, because it has the fucking crest on it, so I read it. All right. Yeah. Anything that has the mention of United, I read it. All right. Nope. I I stay away from every piece. Of it's hard. Party. It's so hard, dude. It's so fucking. Everything. Listen. Yeah. So I watch it anyway, right? So I watch the training, and I stop watching the videos on YouTube because I'm like, I'm seeing the same shit. Yeah. We're seeing the same thing. The training. It's either this little stupid, uh, the little volleyball thing they do, all right, or the little, uh, you know, five aside, and and that's it. I don't see nothing different. I just see different players doing the same drills. And yeah. then my thought is, it is he just literally picking drills and being like, hey, try this. All right, cool. Let's do this again next week. And then let's do this again next week. And then next yeah. week. And then it's like he, like 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 he said, just. You, you don't make the switch. You don't make the adjustments to how I just got my ass whooped last week. You know, how yeah. the hell they got past Luke Shaw? How the hell they got past McGuire? Like, uh, and at that point, the band has to come off. Like, everyone's calling for it. So, so that, that armband needs to come off quicker than he needs. Oh, yeah, that's Nikesh, I know you're not thing. the biggest fan of McGuire, man. Tell us about what's going on with him. Because even then, Luke Shaw. Yo, that shit's crazy. Best player last season. He, he's downgrading, too. I don't know what's going on. He is, he's imploding, and, I mean, it seems like this guy, again, he's got, like, he's, he's got the mental fortitude of a wet leaf, you know? He, <laughs> every three months, he seems to go through a crisis of confidence, and this guy's supposed to be our captain. He's supposed to be the, the, the spine of our team and our defense. <laughs> I'm not, I don't get it, and what's crazier is that Ole is supposed to be this incredible man manager, supposed yeah. to have, you know, this incredible insight into the player's mentality, knows exactly how to talk to him, what to say, how to treat them in order to inspire them and get the best out of them. He sees this guy is falling apart and continues to play him. He doesn't go, hey, you know, we, you know we're, we're going to try a different combination. I'm not, I'm not losing faith in you. I just want you to, you know, have some time off, get your head together. Yes. Spend some more time on the pitch, on, there you go. There you go, man. That is exactly up. right. Say, yeah. make some shit up. Say, hey, look, Bayi yeah. hasn't got enough runs in the team. Harry, I need you to sit down so I can give Bayi some runs in the team. It's got nothing exactly. to do with you. I need to keep these guys fresh. I need to keep them. Yeah. But if somebody gets injured, we're not bringing on some guy who has gone six months without kicking a ball in a real exactly. game. Exactly. Just yeah. something. You know? Yeah, but, you, no, can't, he, you can't be any more right than that. He What's your input on that, Jamie? We get smashed, 
The fans, you know, lose their shit on him. His idiot is reading everything because he's a goddamn stupid moron that can't stop posting shit and reading shit on uh, on social media, you know, mm-hmm. and that segues into, uh, I guess, that, that issue that happened uh, over the weekend with him scoring uh. a goal against the – I mean, it's like – it's like it, it, it's almost – you know, like him going and playing against the U9, you know, Maggie Smith home for girls division, you know, uh, playing against some, you know, middle school girls and then going, Woo! you know, I'm number one, I'm number one, all my haters, yeah. you know, I scored against a bunch of nine-year-old girls. It's like, come on, man, you guys scored five goals in one half and you think that this is like some incredible, look, I don't have a problem. The guy should sell anytime you score any goal against any team. For your celebrate. country as well. You know, if you're playing yeah. legitimate game with stakes, celebrate, you know, fine. Yeah. And, and yeah. We chat, you know, we were chatting before and it was like, I think maybe some people read a little too much into it. You know, I don't think he was basically giving like, you know, by putting his hands in his ears, I don't think he was giving an F like a middle fingers to the fans or anything. I think it was more a statement of like, look, like it was kind of showing his resiliency and I'm all for that. Right. If he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not the haters aren't going to get to me. I'm going to do what I need to do on the field. That's the that's the mentality you need, right? You need yeah. to be able to block that stuff out and still perform on a weekly basis. The problem is, why the hell is he able to do that for England but not for United? Yeah, well, yeah. Again, you said it yourself, Dad, against Albania. I mean, like, I don't I don't want to be disrespectful to about Albanian football team, but. It's, big, it's a bit different kettle of fish when you're playing against Albania and you're playing against Manchester City and, and Liverpool. But I think you are dead right there, Nikesh. I think Ollie will throw players under the bus like there's no tomorrow. And Maguire's a prime example of that. You know, he come back not fit, one training session, and then he was like, oh, we're just going to play him against Sitter. Well, I mean, what it, it was inevitable what was going to happen. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? And I, th- I, th- yeah. I think he's done it before. I mean, what didn't we watch a game where Fred had two yellow cards and he was running or had a yellow card and was running around like a madman, fouling everyone and kicking the shit out of players. And everyone was like, he's gonna have to take him off, he's gonna have yep. to take him off. And then he didn't, and he got sent off, and everyone was like, Yeah, every man and his dog could see what was going on. Yep. I, I agree. just think it's, it's, he does that all Jamie's the time. Jamie made a really good point about you know, about how for no reason, desperation, whatever it is. Ole brought back Maguire right after the injury. Now, we're lucky that Maguire didn't get injured again. But look at Cavani, right? Um, we have a problem at this team. Our training staff, like our physical, our physio training staff, our health staff, I don't know where we're getting them, what they're doing. I don't know if there's pressure from up top telling them to just get everybody back. We seem to have the worst staff that's constantly – not prepping the players properly, not giving them enough time to come back from injury. I don't know what, because the number of recurrent injuries we get where we have somebody come back and then they get injured like that game or two games later. And you're just sitting there like, what the the hell is going on? You know, Baye, Cavani, like all these guys, you know, just come back only to get re-injured again. And it'd be one thing if these people like, okay, obviously Baye has a history of injury he's like you know everybody calls him the glass man and all that and like okay, i feel bad for the guy but i mean he's a talent you know um but cavani doesn't have that you know cavani's never i mean I, I'm, again i might be showing my ignorance here but i've not heard that reputation of him so it's like you know the guy had 
a, a, a decent severity, you know, hamstring injury. And it's like, so, so the absolute first game or, or whatever that even the staff just says, okay, maybe we can get him on. Maybe you can give him 10 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. And we play him to the point where it's like he, he re-injures it because you saw it. It looked like there was no like hard tackle. Whatever. It was just purely he was running around so much. And then it was like, ah, shit, he hurt himself again. Yeah. Why yeah. was he allowed to run around that much, you know, if, there, if he wasn't 100%? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a lots of decisions that they're doing with the management team, you know, constantly bringing players on when they're not clearly fit enough. And also, you know, even picking the same team that has been letting him down for a couple more games now and constantly changing the formation. Are those are the things that are ultimately going to cost them? And if so, guys, when? Because uh, we have a game in the next upcoming days and we have hard games as well, like we did before the international break. Do you guys even see him getting it better? You know, I personally, because I don't. I, I, I see the same thing happening again and again. Uh, what do you guys think, Hugo? Look, honestly, at this point, it's like, I don't know how else to say it, but they need to get their shit together. Like, like, yeah. like they have a prime opportunity here, regardless of everything tactically that we've talked about. And that we will talk about. Yeah. It, it's it's more of a thing of, at this point, I feel like they got to want it more than I want. 100%. As, it, as in players, as in management, as in everybody. Like, it it, it has to come together at one point. Like, I, I feel like at this point, it's just 50% effort right now. And it's, when I mean effort, I mean us, the fans. Yeah. Like, the other 50 <laughs> I agree, that come from, from them. And and I don't feel like I'm getting a full 50 from them. I feel like they're not even trying to meet me 25, you know, and, and, it, and it comes down from everything we will talk about. Management, staff, yeah. board, owners, players, play style, turf, stadium, all those things need to definitely work a little bit better. I don't expect it to be perfect. All right. But all of it to work just a tiny bit better and for everybody to want it just as much as us, the fans, want it. So that's, I agree. I agree, that's man. What I feel. Just say one thing about that, and that's, look, I'm, again, I'm, I've always said that I, I don't buy into this whole idea that, oh, it's up to the, like, like a captain or a manager to, like, always be, like, motivating the team, like, like, a, like it's a 24-7 job responsibility. Like, at a certain point, I'm, I'm of the mind of you're a professional athlete. You should bring 100% to each game. Do your you fucking know, job. If the rest of us have jobs, right? If we don't show up and do our goddamn jobs, you know, it's a problem. But yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm going to caveat this by say when you have an organization-wide problem, when it's not an individual person here or there, right? When, you know, you, you, you look beyond the, the individual. And, again, I'll say it's just like a company, right? Um, if a company is going through like a really bad, like news cycle, right? Like, you know, like, uh, they, they have like a big, uh, uh, like scandal going on or, you know, or if there's turmoil, if they look at their CEO and they see that the guy up there is making like idiotic decisions that nobody understands and mm -hmm. is hurting the company. And like, no matter what they, they look at and they say, well, no matter how good I do at my job. Right. It's not going to affect because I've got this idiot over me who's like yeah. everything he does 
undoes all worse. the work I'm doing. You eventually, it's human nature. You get demoralized. You cannot uprise above that, you know? And so, you know, that's where I'm like, okay, we are at the point, I'm seeing it on every face on the bench, on every face on the field. To the, you, you hear it coming out in the news articles. I, and again, I'm not putting, I, I put, because of the past week, two weeks with, you know, with all the stuff that's coming out about, oh, they're not looking for a manager. They are looking for a manager. Ole's yeah. back. back. I'm giving zero credence to kind of media reports, especially right now. But you kind of are hearing things where you see that the players are losing faith. You know, yes. even though they love the guy, even though they think that he's great, he's he they like his attitude or whatever, they just don't have faith in him. They feel like he's making the wrong decisions. And that's kind of you you hear that like and the one thing I, I am grieving credence to is I'm hearing that players are not understanding why. And I and again, I'm I don't want to paint Donnie as the savior of this team, but they look at him and they look at the quality he's got and apparently how he does in trainings. And they're like, how is this guy not even getting a chance? How yeah. is he not getting a run in, in place of Fred or McTominay? How is it that we can lose a game four, two or five, zero. And he still in the, the other guys still get played over him. Right. And so when you look at all that and you put that in totality, you realize that this is now the organizational issue, that it's beyond just man management and, and, a, and a little pep talk and a little, hey, boys, you got to you got to you got to get out there. You got to hustle more. It's like right. that kind right. of motivational talk is not going to in order to motivate people again, you're going to have to get buy in. Nobody uh, in this club is buy in right now. And if you yeah. look at buy in, you know, if you look at when you're trying to do change management and organizational thing, you have, you know, your thought leaders, your change leaders, you have your, you know, your uh, adopters. You have, and those are the guys that kind of convince people in the organization, right, uh, to, to, to buy into this change. And I think that everybody, everybody who could be considered that kind of thought leadership in the team right now is checked out. They have They're no given faith. up in the leadership of the club, in the leadership of the, you know, in the ma game yeah, management of the team, I nothing. There's no faith in anybody who makes decisions. So that if you have no faith in the people who make you decisions, make that the guys who are out on the pitch on the, are just, they're just not going to be able to do it. They could, they could psych themselves as much up. They can run up and down the field and make as much. But in the back of their mind, they're just going to be like, man, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? Yeah. Uh, uh, Jamie, let me get input on this, mate. Obviously, this goes to the last topic that we're going to discuss for this podcast, managers, right? Um, obviously, during the past couple of years, right, we see the Glazers not really pull a trigger on a manager unless it's mathematically they don't qualify for the Champions League or we're miles off Champions League places during the season. Now, we've seen Brendan Rodgers getting linked, right? Supposedly, there was a release clause that if any Champions League club communicate with him, he could leave if he wants to, right? Now, with I want to get everybody's input. If Oli was to lose against Watford or during Christmas or during the season, he gets sacked. Who would you guys like to see replace Man United as a manager? And yeah, name, name a person. Jamie, what do you think on that? You're on mute, mate. Yeah. Oh yeah, I want him to go, mate. Like I'd have him gone uh, last season when he got beat by Spurs six one. So um, I do think he got rid of the best manager out there, Jose. I think he's a he's a born he's a born winner. 
Um, <clears throat> I think the link with Brendan Rodgers is just ridiculous. I think you're just trading a like-for-like -like manager. Brendan Rodgers has proved time and time again that he's a bottle job. Anyone can go to Scotland and, and win trophies. I mean, we got this manager year, we had this manager years ago for Leicester City called Martin O'Neill. You probably won't remember him. Martin O'Neill was a really shit manager, but he, he was a Leicester City manager and he won the League Cup, which is what is now the Carabao Cup. And it was classed as a huge, huge achievement for Leicester. And then what happened was he eventually got sacked and then he went up to Scotland and he was he's down as a Celtic legend. He won a did their league X amount of times and got them in Europe and whatnot. Now, that situation there is exactly the same as Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers had his time at a big club at Liverpool. He got a lucky break. He had an absolutely fantastic squad. He had the best centre-forward in Europe with Suarez, um, and they should have won the league. And he didn't. Now, we've already got a bottle job in our manager, so why do we want another one? If it's for me, you've either got to put all your faith in Ten Hag and people say, oh, no, he's not going to come. You just pay him the money he's not and allow him, to, allow him to have the project or you get someone in. They should have got Conte for me. If not, again, go and I beg Mancini to come. I can, I, see wanted him, Hag, I can see Ten Hag coming in the summer. He's not a, He's not giving up Ajax to come here. I mean, he's Fair got enough. him coming. He can, I mean... Like, I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm saying he's got a better chance of winning silverware, of even winning the Champions League with Ajax than he does with us. Yeah, I does. agree, man. Spot on. It's true, yeah, it's true, yeah. So, it's why, true, yeah. so why, would you, why would he leave midseason? And, and, and if he takes Ajax, I mean, he's, the way he's got him playing right now, there's going to be tons of clubs in the summer who would, who would chase after him. So he doesn't need – he's not under a gun. You know, I think, look, the, the Man United name is so tarnished now and we've gone to like, and there's no job security or any like, so, and, and people know all the coaches know they're not stupid. They know that we're run by idiots so that they're not going to be able to necessarily form the team in their own image. So what is the attraction? I mean, Mona. 10 years ago, sure. 10 years ago, a decade ago, it's like, it's one of the most storied teams. Stuff. We have destroyed that reputation over the past 10 years, you know, 12 years. 15 years like it is not that it is not it is no longer the the, the summit the, the the absolute highest honor to coach this team anymore it's it's uh, uh, it's it's uh Nikesh, who you have as you said don't you talk about my team like yeah. that I'm gonna be honest. You, yeah. I, I get what you're saying if the glazers went away tomorrow and we became a fan ownership and we put the commitment out. We got a director of football, whatever, like, like you get like a, like, and I'm going to, I'm just going to just say, Don't like, excite inane, me. I'm going to say inane nonsense <laughs> right now, you know, you bring in like an Edwin Van or something like that. You, you met, you put forth dream, a cohesive man. strategy that lets the world know that we are serious about titles. We are serious about running this as a football organization rather than just a money-making organization that we will trade some, you know, you know, some profit. We're not going to be just chasing, you know, sponsorship deals all over. We're going to focus on football in a heartbeat. You, 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 you send that message out to coaches and the coaches will be beating down the door to join us. 
it's because of the ownership, because of the board, because of the management, that that's why I think that they will put a pause on, you know? Yeah. You're right. You, you are right. Like People will think about whether to join the club. But at the end of the day, I mean... We're Man United, bro. We, Come we're on fucking now. hell. We're Man United, mate. We get, get, get 70,000 people every week, no yep. matter what. It's full. And it's the, the, the name, crazy. the name of it, the name alone, the brand is global. The, sure. the, you know, the, to have United on your CV is amazing. I remember one time, right, United were playing Real Madrid and and, and Real Madrid won and Jose went my manager. And after the game, they asked him about the game and he said, um, this club is an absolute monster in the footballing world. Yep. And, and, Coming from the Real Madrid team, that was, I mean, they were way high up, you know, like super. <laughs> I always think that Real Madrid are a bigger, a bigger name than United. A lot of people don't. People say we're the biggest name in football. Uh-uh. I actually think Madrid are the biggest name in football, but mm-hmm. that's up for debate. But for the manager to that's say that, you know, is, sure. you know, it just shows how big we are. And that, that's not going to die over a couple of years. It's what you're going to do is you're going to get, you're going to get co-players and managers who are going to think twice about going there. But yeah. the second yeah. time they're going to think about it, they're going to think, fuck it, how they're paying top money as well, so go there. Yeah. No, no, you know, it, it, all of those are valid points, but I'm just saying, okay, and, and none of these teams need coaches right now, but I'm just saying, Real, Barca, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, you know, I don't know, maybe even like uh, like like Juve or something like that. If, if, if we're competing against any of these kinds of teams, right, PSG, um, right, uh, or Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. You know, can't forget you know, them. If if any of those teams need a coach, and and it's us two in a run for the same coach, is that coach picking our team over theirs? I don't know. We don't know. But because they uh, all they all have illustrated that they are much more serious about football than we are. About uh, it depends on if the coach wants an easy ride, he's going to go to an easier team. So you make that point sure. there about Ten Hag. Uh, he's got a loads of chance of winning silverware. Ten Hag's not going to win the Champions League at Ajax ever in his life. I don't think so either. Yeah, he was, was on close, miles but off. But yeah. well, I, if... <laughs> hold up, hold up. Hold up. Hey, give the guy the fucking guys. Never. Who would you have as a manager before we go to Hugo? Who, who he replaces as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer if he gets fired as the next Man United manager? I mean, look, as I said, this is, I mean, as I said, this question is kind of like, I mean, you can pick, oh, I would say, oh, I would take Pep Guardiola. Is there opinion, you mate? Is know? opinion? Oh, oh I'll take Thomas Tuchel. You know, I'll I mean, you've got to constrain it somehow, right? I'll take right? It's got to be, <laughs> who's available? That's the problem. Who is available? Because what are you doing next weekend? <laughs> <laughs> All right, undecided. All right, Hugo, I'm telling you, Hugo. I couldn't do worse. I couldn't Hugo, do worse. You would be an improvement. <laughs> you you would be an improvement. I'll have you over Ollie. But Hugo, who would you have, mate? Who would you have? Just at least not now, but at least for the summer. At least. Who would you who and would like, you we see? Okay, okay, okay. So I know you don't care about the match. You know. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna lie to you. Put a trash can right there and then let let the trash can have a speaker with Bluetooth connected to my phone. So I would pick anyone right now, to be honest with you. But I, I'm looking at like a, I'm, I'm I'm looking at like a couple people, but it's just like it's everyone who could really do something is not available. And and I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, in a wet dream. Zidane would be really cool. Don't get me wrong. I'm a dreamer. 
I'm yeah. a dreamer. Okay. We're a dreamer, bro. We yeah, are. I'm, I'm a poor, but, but, I'm a, and again, look at what's coming out. And again, like I said, I'm not putting too much faith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, I know. I hear you. After reports are saying uh, he's interested, the other half are saying <laughs> he doesn't want to deal with us. That, that's, what, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, there was like, the there fact was like... That those reports even have credence. The fact that anybody can write an article saying Zidane does not want to come <laughs> because he's not into it. <laughs> like, 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 you. Come what on, is- like, like. Like I could see his like his wife walking around the house when she first heard that like you know United need a manager. His wife was like, "You gonna do it?" And then he was like, "No, you know I'm retired." And he's just looking outside his window like Pablo Escobar off You're Narcos, right? Tired. Just just thinking, just thinking, could he do something great? And then it's like, but does yeah. he want to waste his time? Because like no, he could just got time to just go anywhere in the world and just be him. Headbutt anyone he wants, and he has yeah. all the money to pay the fucking fees. Okay, I, I would agree. be glad to get headbutted by him. But the point that I'm making is, I, I just <laughs> at this point, I, I, I'm just in limbo because just everyone that I really wanted is basically gone or occupied or just not a reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? And. It's it sounds stupid what I'm about to say, and y'all probably gonna hate me for this. But I would stick with the bullshit till I find someone. Oh! <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, 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 listen. Don't do this. Don't do this. Hear me out. Hear me out. No, I, 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 I actually think there's val- there's value okay. in what he's saying. If listen, the reason it is sound realistic though. Like, 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 like. Put it this way. How would I say this? I can I can get a better hand. I know I can. And and I have to maybe on this one just fold for this round. And when I mean this round, this transfer window coming up, I can't find nobody. I'm not going to lie to you. I might have to eat shit for the rest of the season. Try to make top four again. And, and, and just try to stay in that kind of competitive zone. And then when someone that's actually good enough that we can trust as fans to know this person has history, we've seen their teams play. We see their team succeed. Their team can play the type of style that we've always been used to or liked or can get adapted to then do the switch. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just ask you the question before you can end. We're asking this question now a week after a week. It's been a week on it. A week after the Liv- a, city, a week it's after the city game, game and uh, two weeks after the Liverpool, the Liverpool game. game. Yeah. If, if I asked you, if I asked you, five minutes into the second <laughs> half of the city game, what would you have said? I was like, you get the fuck out of here! Get him those yeah, guys out of here now! I okay? In those ninety minutes, I am thinking those things, Jamie. You're not wrong. In those ninety minutes. If you Look. even blink wrong, if you do the, you know, the side, and then if he <laughs> swipes his tablet from whatever anime that he's watching, all right? I think he's watching, like, Squid that games. weird shit. He's watching Squid Games, but that weird shit. Like, you know what I mean? He watches it in a whole different language that he doesn't know. Not even the Korean. I mean, like, he watches it in, like, French or something. So the point that I'm making is, at this point, I just want to see who's available that I can trust. I trust no one, not even our own Ollie. 
because yeah. I can trust him to do the same bullshit again, but I can't trust him to just take us the extra step. And every time we get these little runs, we're like, we're almost there. We're, we're, we're almost there. We're nearly like, there. We, we can see, we can see the sun on top of the fucking cliff of the mountain, the tip of the mountain. Right. And then we look down and it's like, Oh shit, we got to go down again and then go back up. I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I didn't want to do this. We should just climb straight up. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's just, we need to put the, the tools in motion to get this going and get just at least a little bit of something out Look, of this. Top four thing, is what my, my, my dream is now for this season. At this point, oh, look, 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 before before we close out, one thing I got to say as well, Hugo, I love you, man. If I ever if I see an iPad again during the game, I'm going to lose my stuff. I'm, I, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I cannot put up with it. The only, getting, I, I, the only thing I got to say, right, with that, look, at this point, I don't see us going any forward. Like, let's be real now. I don't see us going any forward with this manager. At this point, let's just get an interim in, whether it be from the coach, to at least take us to the end of the season, right? And then, like, see who we have in the summer who's available because that's the most realistic option. But at this point, what is the board going to do it? We don't know. But at this point, we'll be better off with the interim, right? And then that way the team could get a lift because I feel like they just need a lift or something. Something's going on in that dressing room that we do not know. But at this point, a change will be needed. And whether or not it's going to happen during the season, we'll never know. But personally for me, I'll take Mauricio Pochettino. I know Jamie don't like that, but I will take him at least because I don't see him lasting at PSG. Uh, He's done a great job with Tottenham going into the Champions League final. I think it's something that the board will go with as well because the board don't want a guy who want to demand a lot of stuff from it but take it how you guys receive it but that's what i'll go for um but yeah uh what's he getting he your potch he's got the same thing he's got a small he's got a crazy amount of talent at psg and he can't make it work like but we want to bring him here what Uh, no i'll I'll take it man he's done a great job at Tottenham, bro he's he's one he's gonna win trophies with them he's gonna win the league with them but I, i i feel like but let's be real. There's something that the board will go. Cause let's, if the board wanted Conte, don't you think they would have gotten him already while he was available? So that's what I'm fearful as well. Like the managers that are out there, right, who are available in the summer, I feel like the board won't go for them because they may buckle down against them a lot or put them in the spotlight a lot that they don't want to, they don't want confrontation or rebuttal against them. So that's why I feel like with Podger, Rogers, or all those man, all those managers that the Blazers want, right, or the board wants, that's why I feel like they're more keen on getting them. But let's be real now, Nikesh. I'll take you. I'll take you over Ollie, man, Nikesh. Come on now. So it's desperation. Didn't, didn't Poch have that same issue with Dan Levy at Tottenham? Oh no, let's happen, they got rid of him so quickly is because he had that friction with the board and Dan Levy. Yeah, no, exactly the same. No. Yeah, yeah, same, yeah, same, Look, it, same situation. Yeah, but that's my opinion, guys. But all right, this, this is going to conclude. The thing uh, with Potts is people think that yeah. he's got he wants to leave um, PSG because it's not going well with Messer. But if you look, the board are actually backing Potts over Messer. So when he doesn't drop him, Potts isn't getting any 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 like backlash from the board. They're yeah. just saying you're gonna to have to sit on the bench. It is what it is. Messi's like the big. That was like the biggest move in the history of world football. It was yeah, <laughs> it's still get and they're still backing him when he don't play. So because they know uh, Messi's not the future of that team. Yeah, Messi, Messi's a good. He'll draw some fans. You don't. You don't. You don't 
back a guy who's going to potentially be out of your club next year or the year after over some guy who you think can be, you could build, you know, a title-winning, you know, long-term vision with. So, uh, well, but we'll see what happens, guys. But uh, like this is going to conclude the show. Uh, uh, any sidebars you guys want to put out before we wrap up? No, I'm I'm happy to. Do. If you if you want to go another two hours a while, I just slug the manager off. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, the cash. Thank you for coming on as a guest, mate. Yeah. Uh, also, thanks. Hey, no bullshit, yeah. yeah, no BS. We keep it real here. Thanks to Hugo and Jamie as well, the co-owners of this thing, for going in and. Um, yeah, we'll definitely chat more after this when I stop the recording. But thanks for everyone who's listening to this. And yeah, we'll move on to the next episode. Onwards and upwards, guys. All right. See you later, mate.